At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash grad school. Hey everyone, Happy New Year and welcome to another year of MuggleCast. We're excited to have you listening in our 15th year of podcasting. Wow. Today we have for you a chat about J.K. Rowling's controversial tweet with a friend of ours named Rory, who's trans femme. We spoke to Rory about why the tweet was hurtful to trans people and their allies. No matter how you feel about the tweet, we hope you learn something from this discussion and just hear out our point of view. We actually recorded this as part of episode 448, but it ended up feeling like an episode in its own right. So we are releasing this special installment of MuggleCast a day before your regularly scheduled episode. And now, the interview. We are joined by Rory, somebody we've known for a long time. Hi, Rory. Hi there. How are you? Yeah, good. How are you? I am doing absolutely wonderful. Good. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I am, uh, I'm 31. I'm trans femme. Uh, which means that uh, in slightly outdated terms, I'm male to female transgender. I work in advocacy in LA. I actually just recently started a new position with the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Oh, nice. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I also write uh, online quite a bit, but just me as a whole, just kind of a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, like I said, we've known you for a while. You've designed some awesome websites for us, including um, back when Twilight was a thing. I think we had you design TwilightSource.com, right? Oh, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I did that. I at one point designed MuggleCast. Nice. Oh yeah. Uh, which what which design yeah. was it? It was real muddy. Um Oh yeah, <laughs> the was, brown one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a very like rough looking uh scrap of parchment or something. Mm -hmm. Um it's certainly not to my design standard now. <laughs> well, we all grow <laughs> like and it's change. Not in my portfolio anymore, but it was for a very long time. Anyway, so back in late December, you know, it's the end of the year. We're wrapping things up. We recorded two episodes of MuggleCast in advance just to um, get things out of the way. And then we all wake up one morning to this tweet from J.K. Rowling. It reads, dress however you please, call yourself whatever you like, sleep with any consenting adult who will have you, live your best life in peace and security, but force women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real Hashtag I stand with Maya. Hashtag this is not a drill. On its face, I think a lot of people read the tweet and was like, oh, okay, J.K. Rowling is back tweeting something political, like whatever. That's what she does all the time. I think a lot of us have come to maybe tune out a lot of what she says, too, because it just, it just became so much at some points. But then we started hearing people in the LGBT community and the transgender community be like, whoa, I can't believe she just tweeted this. So... Rory, can you tell us what is this tweet in reference to, first of all? Yeah, and actually, the, this tweet is kind of loaded. This tweet is designed to have you look at it and say, like, oh, this looks supportive. Love whoever you like. Dress the way you want. You know, consenting adult. Like, that's, that's all designed for you to look at it and not know that it's messed up. Um, when you start digging deep into it, these are things that are said by TERFs in a lot of online spaces that are designed to pull people into their movement so that you don't notice that you're being pulled in by hate. Mm -hmm. So these, like, it sounds completely reasonable to say, like, dress the way you want, love who you want to love. But then, like, the sex is real comment kind of flips it on its head 
Because that's implying that trans people think that sex isn't real. It definitely throws us off. It's not starting a debate from a um, a point of common understanding. Mm-hmm. There's no good faith here. Do you mind just explaining what a TERF is? Oh, yes. A TERF is a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. This is actually a name that they um, originally created for themselves on Tumblr back in, like, you know, the great Tumblr discourse wars of 2012. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when... Trans people started actually calling them TERFs because they were definitely using it and claiming it themselves and very proudly saying, I am a trans, you know, whatever. Um, When we started saying that to them as well and kind of using it back like harshly, um, they decided that it was a slur against them. And now they call themselves gender critical, uh, Mm. gender critical feminists or gender critical radical feminists. Mm -hmm. And this is another means of hiding the hate within their movement under a facade of wokeness Mm. part of this what uh, she's referring to this trial that occurred and she hashtags i stand with maya what was this trial about and what was the ruling yeah that's actually one of the um one of the really interesting things about this is how mischaracterized this trial was that maya forstater was not fired even um (laughs) she had a contract that was not renewed um and what happened was that she was working in a position of advocacy and, uh, and this was in the UK, and her employer found that she had been going onto Twitter and doxing and harassing trans women, particularly trans women, and basically trying to make them get off the platform. And um, she was apparently, and I don't have complete verification of this, um, I've just heard it anecdotally, but she was apparently using a work email. Um, so there were some consequences. And when her employer found out that she was doing this, they just decided not to renew her contract. There was no firing involved. <laughs> they had every right to do that. Um, and especially in the UK, uh, this kind of speech that she, uh, that Maya Forstater engages in, isn't protected under their laws. Um, so in no way was were any laws broken, and in no way was anybody um, abused, except for the trans woman that Maya Forstater went on Twitter to try to knock them off the platform. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and there's something in the UK called the Gender Recognition Act, and so Maya Forstater sued to have her comments be viewed as protected philosophical speech, I believe. Right. Is what it was. Yes. Um, But what happened was the judge, on the day that J.K. Rowling tweeted, the judge released a statement uh, that favored the employer and said that, uh, in short— she would refer to a person by the sex she considered appropriate, even if it violated their dignity and creates an intimidating, hostile, degrading, humiliating, or offensive environment. And the judge said that approach is not worthy of respect in a democratic society. So this this amazing judge said there is no place for that behavior in your in, in basically in 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 the realm of advocacy, in the realm of doing what you're doing, that the, that the the workplace is completely reasonable in not renewing your contract. Exactly. Um, and like in, in my position in advocacy, if I went into uh, a foundation and started speaking against, uh, say, the homeless population of Los Angeles, that would not be a good look for me. And I would be fired immediately because that is mm-hmm. who my organization serves. Um, and like that is completely within the bounds of that organization to say like you do not represent us you are going online and you are trashing what we do we don't want to be associated with you and i think that's completely reasonable yeah at the bare minimum we're talking about somebody creating a toxic and hostile work environment Mm -hmm. and i think that it's the right of any organization 
um, business or otherwise to say, "Mm, you're creating a hostile work environment, or you have the potential to do that based on your behaviors outside of work when you have this very public facing role intended for this kind of advocacy, we're not going to work with you anymore. Mm -hmm. So not only does this judge say there's no place for this in democratic society, but J.K. Rowling decides to then break six months, nine months of Twitter hiatus and create this tweet with the hashtag I stand with Maya. Mm-hmm. And like, and I think like ultimately Rowling throwing her support here is is extremely disturbing because this isn't just transphobia. This is a transphobic movement. Um, it exists online. It very closely mirrors the alt-right movement and how they groom young people. Um, they catch young feminists when they're in college, oftentimes, when they're malleable, when they're willing to uh, follow an authoritative voice. And that's really what's so dangerous here is that like this movement is very strong, especially on Twitter uh, and like Reddit. And rolling, giving any legitimacy to that movement is frankly horrifying. Can you tell us why this is hurtful? to not only transgendered people, but the LGBT community and and why this so goes against what we thought J.K. Rowling stood for in her books. Well, I mean, like, from from my perspective, um, this is something I was raised with. Uh, I, you know, they caught me at a scholastic book fair. I got the I got the Potter cult, like, at age 10, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is something that I've lived with for most of my life, uh, 21 years at least, of a Harry Potter fan. And internalizing those stories and really feeling them deeply and also finding Harry Potter to be a, uh, a very grounding place when I'm in bad and bad times and bad mental health spaces. Um, and that's something that has been taken away from me personally. I can't necessarily speak for the entire community, um, yeah. but I do know a lot of people feel this way that like something that was very precious to us, that was grounding and gave us foundation and taught us a lot. Um, has been taken away from us by the very icon that we idolized. Right. And that's just, it's very hard to see people supporting her still. The discourse that's surrounding this has heated up to such an extent that my social spaces are uncomfortable to traverse through. Yeah. Uh, Twitter is a hellscape. And given the fact that J.K. Rowling has such wide influence, but particularly with youth populations, what's the impact on trans kids? of seeing somebody like this make this kind of comment? I mean, I think trans kids are often in such a vulnerable state because, you know, we have to understand that when we say trans kids, we often mean mean trans closeted. But these are kids who are sensitive and quiet and you don't necessarily know that something's wrong until they're gone. Mm. And that's the problem I have with J.K. Rowling's tweet is that it's so irresponsible toward these kids who are reading her stories and internalizing these messages and then seeing her go and say that, they're invalid, that, you know, they're not worthy. That is at, at such a format, formative age, say like when I was reading Harry Potter at age 10, if I had any sense of my gender, that would have been absolutely horrible. I don't know how I would have internalized that at that age. I, I think it would have been fairly devastating to my psyche at that age. There's a, a direct reply to Rowling's tweet I'd like to bring up because I think it also touches exactly on what we're talking about. Uh, Princess Lily on Twitter says, I grew up as a trans child reading your books as an escape. I would often pick out names from characters to give to myself before I ever felt comfortable in who I was. This decision to support people that hate me and want to do me harm, it brings me to tears. Why? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why? Why? Why does JK Rowling use the hashtag? This is not a drill. 
to actually that's a good point um and that's something i wanted to round about to eventually is that this is not a drill is a turf dog whistle for we are literally going to war with the trans women yeah that is what that means and that is what those circles use it as is that it is a call to action Mm. in a very very visceral violent way it's also just so hurtful because like rory you said we grow up with these books and it it teaches messages of inclusion loving everybody and then, of course, J.K. Rowling has been an advocate for the LGBT community in several ways over the years. We've always wished that um, there were more gay characters present in the Harry Potter series. It never happened. Of course, she she outed Dumbledore after the book was released. There was an opportunity. Many people felt in The Cursed Child. It didn't happen there either. So, like, we didn't get what we really wanted. But she definitely seemed to be fully supportive of LGBT people, queer people on a whole. And then something like this, she's just really pulling the rug out from under us. And it does make you question all of her previous stances. Right. Um, Not to minimize some of her advocacy, especially with like, you know, children across the world and making sure that, you know, um, kids aren't thrown into orphanages. I, I think that's really a valid and wonderful thing that she's taken on. This doesn't like that doesn't make this better. Exactly. On December 19th, when she wrote this tweet, there was a very, you know, a lot of people in the fandom, people you probably follow all came out and said, this is not okay what JK Rowling did. And we're really hurt by this. The unity within the fandom that day was really special. That said, there are some people, including probably a bunch of our listeners, we have we did get some emails from people who wrote in and were trying to defend J.K. Rowling, who were on her side in that, you know, let her voice her opinion. It's not a big deal. Um, she's done a lot of good in the world. But uh, the stance on this panel here is what she said was hurtful and it was disappointing. Mm-hmm. I cannot support somebody with that level of a platform who kicks people, vulnerable people while they're down can't do it yeah same and just like from my position like and this is an over exaggeration of my place in society but like from the trenches looking at transphobia i don't see how people could continue support supporting her and calling themselves allies you have to pull your money like in a in our society in our capitalistic society one of the ways that you can vote best is with your dollar and personally the way that i'm moving forward is not by not engaging with the universe not by not enjoying the harry potter stuff i already own but by not paying further into it okay yeah and 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 not to talk no put too fine a point on it but i i was really uh taken by these comments and 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 sort of this whole event to really just re-remind myself that we as Harry Potter fans, or we do, you know, we do a weekly podcast in Harry Potter as consumers of media and of this franchise and its global, you know, assets, everything. We are at a constant, we're in a constant dialogue with this. And it really, this is true with any show, any book, anything that we engage with, we are constantly consciously choosing to pay for it and and to to invest in it and you know what this is this is a conversation where we can we can stop like we can we can stop buying these things we can stop supporting these people whose views are so hateful Mm -hmm. we can do it honestly i'm still going to be buying things obviously we're still doing this podcast like obviously we're us here on the panel maybe not rory we'll be seeing the next couple of fantastic beast movies and whatever comes next. i mean i'm looking up at my like fourth edition of the jim k harry potter illustrated <laughs> right. versions i'm like i'm not sure that i can't not buy the fifth one. <laughs> oh, there you go <laughs> but yeah. so but so but it's a struggle set. 
And that's that's the balance that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. But yeah, it's an individual choice and it's all really, really difficult. But I you guys, this is going to stop me from buying shit. Like, honestly, it will. I'll I'll see the movie. We need to talk about it on the podcast. I'm really not going to directly support Jake. I'm not going to buy the next Trek novel. I'm just not going to do it. I don't care enough. How I'm going to cope with this is I think it's time to separate the art from the artist. It's about the fandom for me now, interacting with everybody through the podcast, going to fan events, uh, seeing friends that I've known forever from time to time, socializing with them more, enjoying the stories that J.K. Rowling is writing. But I think it's time to face the music that J.K. Rowling is a 50-something-year-old woman who has very different views and whose views may not change in our lifetime. And remember, this, is, this isn't the first time that she's suggested that she's transphobic. She has followed people on Twitter who have a history of being transphobic. She has liked transphobic tweets. Um, she also... Yeah, and in, her, in her other books, she's also had a few uh, transphobic characterizations, particularly in the Robert Galbraith books. Yes. And I think in The Casual Vacancy. Yes, that's true. Um, she has also insulted the Native American community. She has been doing things that are very problematic. This was the most blatant of them all, though. Mm -hmm. To return to Twitter, the, the other thing is like, you know, this is kind of getting more gossipy now, but like, why this? You were stewing over this so much that you had to go and tweet about it? Just this, I sometimes I seriously wonder if J.K. Rowling has friends. Just well, part of this is I, I think this is the discourse around trans people that's happening in the UK right now. Mm. Um, like the divide over there is much more volatile. Mm. But can't, can't she just text one of her friends like I cannot believe what is happening? <laughs> well, that's what I said trial. to you like, though. I think Andrew is that you know if if I, I don't think that makes it any better though. I mean, if she does it under sort of this this guise of just oh, I'm going to text this woman who I'm supporting or i'm going to find a way to reach out kind of behind the scenes it doesn't make it any better yeah. because she still feels this way and going back to book references you know i don't really know what to make of it but let's not forget that in prisoner of azkaban you know the way that neville deals with his boggart is to imagine his grandmother or to imagine professor snape in his grandmother's clothes so mm. i don't know if there's any kind of subtext going on there as well it's definitely a little something in there, yeah. That definitely betrays a little. The, the man in the dress is funny trope is definitely, and, definitely it was probably the first thing that betrayed her. We just didn't notice it, right? So, and, and right. but I just wanted to go back to you know because when I think Rory, you explained it really well because when I first read the tweet, being completely honest, like I didn't really think much of it. I had to kind of dig and 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 quite honestly listen to other people's responses and and kind of educate myself, but. Uh, I guess that really is truly what's so insidious about it is that to understand the tweet, you either have to already understand where she's coming from or you have to do some research. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that. So they don't see the problem. Yeah, I I personally found, you know, you talked about how the, the language at the beginning of the tweet is intentionally misleading. And, you know, on its face, it does seem, you know, positive and inclusive. But to me, when I first read it, I was like, Okay, so you think that being trans is just about dressing how you want? Like that right. it's that also right. cheapens it. Yeah. I, it's so dismissive and so flippant that I was like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually like a really common thing um to corner trans women about is like, oh, you have acrylic nails? Do you think that's all being a woman is? And like, 
Yes. Yes, I do. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. That's all my 31 years of life on this plane have culminated in my gender being acrylic nails. Mm -hmm. Some people might grapple with transgender people. They may not understand it, include maybe some of our listeners. And the way I think of it and the way I explain it to other people sometimes, especially the older generations, you know, a lot of them don't just don't get it. Trans people are not as welcomed as gay people are in today's society. And even 10, 15, 20 years ago, obviously, gay people weren't very welcomed either. But the way I explain it to people is to think about uh, somebody who has decided to come out as gay. They just have this burning this burning feeling deep inside them that they are attracted to people of the same sex. And Rory, correct me if I'm wrong, but trans people feel the same way that they just have this desire that they are a different gender. You can't shake this feeling. It is just what is inside of you. It is a part of you. Nobody wants to have to go through the coming out process. It's incredibly hard, but they do it because they know there's no other way. Well, that's a huge thing is that like, that's a huge part of the trans experience for a lot of people. And then for a lot of people, the trans experience is being super confused about gender. Mm. Um, like I actually didn't have a concept of a gender, um, for a long time. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand the the binary nature of it. Um, so when I found that I was attracted to men, I really was like, I must be gay. And then just kind of went that direction for a while until I was like, oh wait, mm. this is not the path. Like this is not who I yeah. am. Um, and started kind of unlocking a lot of issues because, you know, trauma also can freeze people's gender identity in place and not really know what's going on or, so it, it's really complex. Um, and that's part of why this is really like Rowling's uh, situation is so hard to look at is because for a lot of us, this identity is really hard fought. Yeah. That this has come with a lot of therapy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to go through years of therapy to realize that I was trans. Mm. It was so repressed. Mm. So like some people do definitely have really emergent um, trans characteristics. Um, It's like the kid who comes out at three. Right. (laughs) Really distinctly trans. Yeah. Um, But for a lot of us, like it's not that, cut and dry. It also seems to just because I I did my own research on this as well, just to like, really try and understand the full scope and the full context behind this tweet. And it seemed like a lot of and they were women interacting with JK Rowling, who agreed with her, were also coming from a place of seemingly feeling threatened by um, Mm -hmm. trans women being considered women. Um, and, and having that distinction in that class assigned to them, is that something that I know you mentioned in the UK, things are a bit more contentious than than here in the States. But is that something that you've seen as well? Um, I've definitely seen a lot of that backlash toward trans women wanting to be in women's spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually happened uh, to friends of mine in Los Angeles who um, are comedians who went into a women's only uh, like stand up space. And we're not well received. Um, so I've definitely seen that where, like, and honestly, it's usually uh, cis white feminists mm-hmm. um, who push back on this idea of trans women entering their spaces. They think that it's a violation. Um, I've seen that mentality come across quite a lot, mm. uh, quite a lot. I've also seen it just kind of passively directed at me um, throughout my life. So it's definitely real. It's It's a little disconcerting because, like, from my perspective, we need to be creating spaces that are fully inclusive and making them completely focused on the uterus is really backwards. I mean, it's all a commentary against 
masculinity against cis male toxic masculinity, right? Um, right, and it tries to lump trans women in with that, even though we're not men. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. So I was really expecting an apology from J.K. Rowling because the backlash was so huge, unlike ever before. And I mean, this was getting coverage everywhere. And this is typically what you see happen. The person who has gotten themselves in deep trouble uh, decides to apologize. And I thought that since even if J.K. Rowling didn't want to apologize and, you know, the apology wasn't authentic, I thought Team J.K. Rowling would talk her into it just from a business perspective because we're talking about buying things now going forward. I think this hurts the theme parks. I think it hurts the play. This is awful for the play that's putting on this nightly show. I think it's also hurtful to the movies and people's interest in continuing to watch them. So I thought we would at least get a fake apology, but we did not even get that. And I think J.K. Rowling just does not care. It's sad because she's hurting people. And I think she knows she's hurting people now. And she's still not apologizing. That's crazy. What do you think is worse, though? Is not saying anything after making this comment worse or is an apology worse? That she doesn't mean? Right. Well, yeah, like if we got an apology, it would definitely be a PR thing. It wouldn't be an actual apology. So I don't think that it would be received well by the trans community, to be honest. To be honest. But not even Warner Brothers, not even several other people that she's working with are issuing statements saying, I disagree with this. Mm-hmm. Like, I I mean, a lot of the... Oh, yeah, I've been paying attention to even Harry Potter uh, cast members mm-hmm. to see what they're saying. Mm-hmm. See, I was Emma very Watson. impressed with Emma Watson. Yeah, but Emma I'm Watson to hear had from a few people. Huge thing. So has Emma released a statement? No. Um, no, just did the just uh, has in the past supported trans people. I mean, that's the thing is I want to see the Emma Watson rebuke of J.K. Yeah. Rowling's latest comic or like I just want to know that Emma called Joe and said, hey, Joe, not cool. So like because people I, what Rory said, I think is really important. How can you continue to support J.K. Rowling and call yourself an ally to LGBT people? Right. I think that's a that's a question I struggle with. I mean, me too, just as a trans person, because I'm not sure. Like, I certainly can't judge people for continuing to go enjoy these movies or books or whatever when I'm still going to in some way engage in this content because I refuse to have it taken away from me. Yeah. So Glad said they wrote uh, they reached out to J.K. Rowling's people and offered to sit down with J.K. Rowling to educate her. And Glad said that representatives turned them down. And not just, you know, not ignore them, turn them down. And that is pretty shocking. Eric, you mentioned Emma. I think what has to happen, you said Emma needs to call her. I think that is exactly what needs to happen. Who could possibly change J.K. Rowling's mind and educate her? She doesn't want to listen to Glad. She doesn't want to listen to Twitter. So somebody who is very well versed on this topic, who who she knows, who she trusts. I think Emma is the perfect person. And maybe that has happened. Actually, I would love to... I would love to take this time to actually note that as a trans person, I have very limited uh, platform and voice here, even though this is something that affects my community and not yours. You guys have more power than I do as cis people, as cis allies to benefit the trans community. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly, that's what we need that's right exactly now. We it. need you guys to be doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing about Emma. She's still a uh, straight presenting cis white female. Yep who would be who would be correcting you know joe on 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 her beliefs and it's like there's because joe wouldn't you know that joe is intolerant enough that she wouldn't listen to a trans woman on the subject Mm -hmm. or 
uh, or a trans man. Like uh, Jackson Bird wrote a wonderful article for the New York Times uh, following this called Harry Potter helped me come out as trans, but J.K. Rowling disappointed me. Um huge right and 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 these are the kinds of things and in in his article jack calls for jk rowling to like hey come talk to us like we really want to have a discussion yeah and you just get the sense that it's not going to happen i mean i did not expect to end 2019 with chick-fil-a up <laughs> right and JK yeah rolling down i just <laughs> yeah. didn't i didn't ex- i did not expect yeah. that to be the last blunder mm-hmm. of the year and then honestly, like I, we put out that decade in review episode after this happened and I just felt really crappy putting that out. Like here we are celebrating the decade and we talk about JK Rowling making some really nice comments and all that uh, when, when the movie series ended. I was embarrassed to be a Harry Potter fan that week. I mean, but who could predict that? I know. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. our community definitely knew that something like that, like, uh, like this was coming. We didn't know that it was going to be this blatant. Right. Um, but it's, it definitely wasn't like, I don't think anybody was expecting her to come out this hard, this, uh, this firmly uh, right. in favor of a turf or in favor of turfism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Rory, we've been talking a lot about um, the impact that this has. You have also mentioned that as cis people, we have the platform to be able to, you know, confront people like JK Rowling about things like this. And I'm curious from your perspective, because I think um, everybody would have a different take on this, but, in your estimation, is there actually anything J.K. Rowling could do to regain trust? Um, I think that there's a certain part of the community that she's absolutely cut off forever. Mm-hmm. There's some people who will just not trust a um, an apology from her. I think I would have a hard time trusting her apology. Um, but it would really depend on the nature of it. It would depend on how it was issued. I would want I, like her words would be really important because you know we're dealing with a writer. She can seem since she can seem sincere. Um, so I mean it's. It's actually really hard to say at this point. I don't know if I would be able to take her seriously, um, depending on her tone, just because this is such a a, a history um, mm. that one apology wouldn't actually be enough, I think. I think that it would take um, quite a lot of action on her part for the trans community, doing action within our community um, mm-hmm. to to fix this. This, w- this is going to take some work on her part, or she's just going to end up being lumped as a turf for the rest of her life. I'm also thinking she's just hoping, you know, in this 24 hour news cycle that we're all just going to forget about it. But I don't think we are for the next few decades. We're just going to see JK Rowling from time to time pop up with some batshit political view on her Twitter account. And then we're going to be like, oh, there goes grandma again, losing her mind. <laughs> anyway, what else is going on today? I really think that's what's going to happen now. And honestly, I think that's like the best case scenario for the fandom at this point is just to like um, yeah. cut the author off. Right. Yeah. Yep. I will continue to enjoy the stories that are produced and it's going to happen for decades to come. But I, like I said earlier, I think now I am ignoring JK Rowling. Yeah. I mean, I don't even. Certainly not following her on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. I actually have never followed her on Twitter. <laughs> Oh really? I, this, oh, this was I a thought happy, I started that trend. Yeah, this was a happy coincidence for me, and it just so happened December nineteenth was my birthday, um, and I woke up to like the internet blowing up about this tweet. I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ, oh. JK Rowling! Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop!" Yeah, we posted on MuggleCast the happy birthday Lara post, and then an hour later I had to like completely we stand with the trans yeah. community. Oh my god! Yeah. Mm. 
Well, honestly, I have to say that you guys posting stuff like that has been super appreciated because it lets me know, it lets the trans community know where you stand immediately. Because yeah. like I got on Twitter because of this <laughs> and um, I've only followed people after going through their profile and seeing that they commented something against JK Rowling before following <laughs> Nice. Because like in the Potter community, I kind of want to see you make a stand one way or the other so I know mm-hmm. where you're at. That's what JK yeah. Rowling taught us, right? I mean, make a stand, stand yes. up for what you believe, be yourself. Be Absolutely. Your... That's why in our tweet we said you're valid. Like JK Rowling was trying right. to invalidate an entire swath of oppressed people and i just and marginalized individuals in a community in a global community and that and it's unforgivable and in this fandom we've all got each other's backs we all are there for each other we accept everybody and that's why this is such a problem jk rowling's tweet i came out to only harry potter friends people i met through the fandom in those early years if i didn't have the harry potter fandom I don't know how on earth I would have come out. I didn't know any other gay people or gay allies in the late 2000s, the early 2000s, I guess I should say. The Harry Potter fandom was there for me and nobody judged me. And that meant everything because when you're first coming out, you need to put people on your team, so to speak, people Mm -hmm. on your side. So you can say, oh, okay, maybe now it's time to come out to my parents because I have enough people on the good team, on the people I've already come out to. So they've got my back if things were to go wrong. You need those allies. And the Harry Potter fandom is just one big group of allies. And so for the leader, the creator of that fandom to come out and be so transphobic and so blatant with it and just decide to tweet about it in the first place, it's like, whoa. Well, it's so interesting to look back on, you know, that, that community that formed in the early days of Harry Potter that was so queer friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was actually really an amazing thing at the time because yeah. I, like, like you, I didn't have anything else that I didn't have anything else like that. Right. And it's, it's actually really poetic to think back on the fact that JK Rowling invent, like created her own detractors. <laughs> right. You made us this way, JK Rowling. <laughs> it's just like, and that, that's actually one of the things that you look back and like, oh my gosh, like how much of that was just calculated because she wanted to have like a fun message, like a, a nice message in her stories and how much of that was real. Right. It's hard to parse out now. Yeah. Yep. Hypocrisy is not a good look on anybody. and We don't need more of it in this world. Yeah. All right. Anything else we want to address here or Rory, anything else you want to say? Um, I just want to say like, this is super nostalgic <laughs> coming back uh, on the show after what I was a teenager living in my mom's house. When I was on this show oh, last year. Do you remember what fun. episode that was? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but I'm it, searching now. No, I know that it was at a point when you guys were just going through the books and reviewing them chapter by chapter. Okay. Hey, that's what we're doing now. <laughs> we're still doing <laughs> that. Yeah. It was episode 96 you were on, titled More Shows, More Problems. Nice. <laughs> more Tweets, More Problems. Ugh. That's the title of this episode. True. <laughs> And of a note, my old name is like on that episode, so right. it's available, but don't go like spreading it, folks. Got it. Um, <laughs> but if you are curious, it's there. If, if people want to <laughs> learn, was a whole meme. <laughs> if people want to learn more about trans people, or I don't know, the LGBT community, like, are there any good resources you, you would recommend for further reading? Yes, my my favorite resource on the internet is trans student. And they have a really wonderful uh, representation, like visual representation of, you know, gender, sex, sexual orientation, like what these what the differences are. Um, Similar to if you've ever seen the gender bread man, um, this is the gender unicorn. (sighs) 
Yes. And it is a wonderfully designed piece that helps people understand these complexities. This is great because gender is on a spectrum. It's not binary. And the gender unicorn teaches you that. And the gender unicorn is so cute. And that's the thing that people, a lot of people don't realize that sex is different. Gender is different. uh, Sexual orientation. These are all very separate entities Mm -hmm. that come together and they mesh together, but they're not you know, can, they, they don't necessarily feed off each other. Yeah. And you also wrote a piece on Medium. We'll include a link to that in the show notes. Uh, it's titled, This is Not a Drill. It's Time to can- Cancel J.K. Rowling. And, you know, there's a whole discussion to be said about cancel culture. And I know you are typically not for cancel culture. But why did you say that? Why did you say she needs to be canceled? Um, honestly, it's because I woke up that morning and rolled over to J.K. Rowling tweets and I was angry and I wrote that yeah. piece out yeah. and it was definitely a very honest, emotive, just anger yeah. that I, I put into the, I put to, to the page. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a little more nuance to my, <laughs> my stance. Um, like I haven't included in that piece that like, I'm not going to judge people for continuing to engage in this universe. I'm not actually telling people like, you have to, and you have to cancel JK Rowling or you're not an ally. You like, you suck. Like, that's not the message I'm trying to actually portray. Um, but that is kind of how people are reading that piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not editing it because I think that it is valid in its own right. And mm-hmm. I think that it creates a really good discussion around cancel culture and who we should be canceling and who we shouldn't. Um, should we be canceling a teenage YouTuber or should we be canceling a 50-year-old white woman who is abusing her platform? Yep, right. So yeah, like that piece uh, is actually generated um, more interest than I expected it to. Um, it didn't get picked up by Medium, but it has been shared in a lot of Antifa spaces. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's making, uh, it's rounds and I am, I am happy with that because I think that even though the, I hardlined a position that I do agree with, but I think it's a little over the top. Um, I think that it creates a really, really healthy discussion around cancel culture, around who should be canceled around, um, you know, what we're actually allowing our, uh, our public figures to be doing without recourse. Yeah. All right. So we will include a link to that in the show notes. Like I said, if anybody wants to read it. Um, okay, Rory, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate your insight and yes. and, for, and your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I, and I appreciate you guys still doing this. How many years have you been doing this? This will be your 15th year. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that is nuts. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been great to talk to you again, too, after yeah. all these years under unfortunate circumstances. But I'm sure, yeah, there, there, hopefully there will be a better time to have me on in the future. But, you know, yeah. for now, this is where i need to be can you believe jk rowling's perfect apology wow she did it i would love to be on for that episode <laughs> yeah. if she apologizes we'll definitely have you back on because i want to know how you interpreted it oh yeah i so, can't wait to we'll analyze see. that non-apology. <laughs> yeah. we'll be analyzing it like it's a harry <laughs> potter book <laughs> at american university we don't just hope for change we create it we don't just dream of a better world we make it a reality With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool.